0: Good morning. This is Tom Clark with the Father's Heart Media doing our podcast for the week. Uh, this particular podcast is about propaganda and perception and how propaganda affects our perception and how important that is for us to overcome that. Um, the Father's Heart Media is designed each and every content that we create, whether it's a children's book. A podcast or a blog or an article is designed to help someone overcome a fear, a particular fear, with the love of God. So many times in Scripture, God tells us, fear not. And that's what our commitment is to today, is after listening to this podcast, we trust that you will fear not what the media is putting out in terms of the images and the sound And all forms of media content that are designed to be propaganda, to scare you. With that in mind, uh, I'd like to pray for a moment. Father, I pray that we can execute Malachi 4.6, today's podcast, bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. This particular podcast is designed spiritually to bring your heart, Father, to your children. That your heart might be expressed through the words that I speak today so that the children of God would not be afraid, for this is something that's in your heart and very dear to you right now and in this time. We've gone through two years of of, uh, warfare, impactful warfare, uh, attacking our minds uh, in all different directions. So Father, this is a counterattack to uh, overcome fear that's coming to us through propaganda. So with that in mind, I would like to acknowledge uh, the blessing of having spent uh, most of the last many much time in the last two years with my dear friend Dave Henderson, who passed away middle of January uh, two thousand twenty-two. I think it was January eighteenth, and um, I would like to uh, acknowledge to him the the interesting conversations that Dave and I had uh, over the last two years about propaganda. Uh, Dave was the one that informed me about where propaganda came from. And I'll share a little bit of the knowledge that I picked up from Dave that he imparted to me that I'm going to impart to you because it's in the Father's heart to do so. Remember, it's always in the Father's heart to protect, to provide, and to mentor. Pass on what what fathers know, and what God's given to those human beings that have Father's hearts to the next generation. So let me first define what um, perception is because... That's how we perceive things on the earth. And our perception affects our minds and our souls. And the enemy is very keyed into this. So the definition of perception is a way of regarding, understanding, or interpreting something. In other words, a mental impression. Remember, the soul is the is the mind, will, and emotions. And the enemy attacks our minds. And the principle uh, a way or a principle tool that he uses is fear. And the most powerful fear is the fear of death. We know, um, for example, in uh, Hebrews, it says, Hebrews 2, 14, inasmuch that as the children have been, have been partaken, inasmuch much as children have partaken of flesh and blood, in other words, we, we have bodies, he himself, meaning Jesus, shared in the same, in other words, he took on a human body, That through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. And release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. That's the enemy's game plan. My brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, he's trying to cause us to be afraid. And the mother of all fears is the fear of death. There are thousands of fears out there. But the mother of them all is the fear of death, and from them is the outgrowth of many other uh, fears that uh, uh, affect us. So with that in mind, let me move on to what's the definition of propaganda. Propaganda is information. You know, originally, propaganda was not a bad word. Propaganda meant information. That's That could be good. It could be bad. You know, information itself is neutral. It's just information. Uh, essentially, I mean, as a core Uh, Truthful information, obviously, is good. So the definition of propaganda is information, but in the hands of the enemy, this is where it's been twisted to. Especially of a biased or misleading nature. Now, we all don't like the word biased. So information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular point of view or a political cause. I'm uh, specifically going to focus in on the thought that in the hands of evil, propaganda is used to create fear. And the father of propaganda, this is what I received from my good friend Dave Henderson, was a gentleman by the name of Edward Bernays. That's B E R N A Y S. Edward Bernays was a German, of German extraction. And he was born in Vienna, Austria, in 1891. He, became, he grew up in New York City. Uh, he was actually, ironically, a nephew of Sigmund Freud, of all people. So, and he was very much in tune with psychology and, and uh, the effects of psychology on the mind. He uh, grew up in New York City, and um, he became known as the father of propaganda. And it was using uh, words at that time, newspapers or any type of media to influence people to take certain actions. And it was particularly, was particularly sensitive from a psychological point of view of uh, the use of fear to uh, make people do things in a certain direction. You know, I find it's uh, when you talk about disassociative identity disorders, for example, uh, the principal way um, people are programmed is to use trauma, which is an extreme form of fear to shock them, and the personality split that 's a psychological tool it 's uh, one of the worst forms of psychops, but we 're not talking about that today. What we want to really talk about is more of a mild form of that, which is not psycho well, well it 's not uh, dissociative identity disorder, but it is dealing with the idea of using media to influence our minds and actually program us by repeating words over and over again, ideas over and over again that are misleading. But they want to form a narrative, and that narrative is designed to cause fear, to move the population in a certain direction. Our father wants us to understand this because he wants us to fear not. So I want to expose things of how this process is. So Edward... Bernays with the propaganda, uh, father of propaganda, and using advertising to influence people to buy products and things like that. Uh, Certainly the beginnings of it was not considered to be evil, Um, and many times propaganda was used in not a dramatic fashion, but in today's world, with the development of technology and social media uh, and big data, uh, they've taken it many, many steps forward. And that's why I think it's important for for us to understand it and to um, step back from what's happening so that we will not fear what is uh, being presented to us. There was an interesting story I heard um, about, um, this is a true story, about the German Nazi regime. And the German Nazi regime was trying to get the Jews to... um, go to the concentration camps. So Goebbels, I'm uh, sorry, Goering, not Goebbels, Gehring, um, the German uh, Nazi propagandist, uh, came up with a statement. He said uh, to the Jewish people, the Red Army is on the Eastern Front. They're coming in and they're going to destroy you all. Notice the fear of death in that. And he says, but we've got a good solution for your good and for your benefit, we're going to relocate you. This is going to be good. The men are going to have jobs. The women can stay home. They will not have to work. And the children, they can play. And he pictured this rosy picture of where he have got to relocate them. And even filmed it with the children playing in the playgrounds and so forth. He said, the only problem is uh, when you get into the trains to take you, the trains are going to be very crowded, but not to worry because uh, the train ride will only be a short trip. Now, can you imagine how demonic that is to scare the people with the fear of death because of the Russian army, Red Army being on the Eastern Front, and they're coming into the country and to pose a benefit or a solution that are going to relocate you? And they herd the Jewish people into the trains and take them to concentration camps like Auschwitz. I mean, it's beyond belief that somebody could think of that kind of a lie perpetrated and it was an exact form of propaganda and we are being confronted with that time and time again. Uh, Propaganda is designed to create fear to control. That's the enemy's plan always to control and he's going to take away our freedom. God loves us and out of his love for us he wants he has given us free will and he wants us to be free. He wants us to, to choose freely, even if we make mistakes in our choices. He's still giving his children freedom. That's a primary form of love from God the Father, is, is to give us freedom. It's a primary motive of Satan to take away our freedom and to control us. It's ironic, that not ironic, but it's interesting. I should say it's a better word. It's interesting that in satanic rituals, the reference to Uh, Satan uh, is Lord and Master. The word Lord means owner and Master is actually one who controls us. So um, that's what he's trying to do, be Lord and Master of us. And he does these things, unfortunately through people who want power. He plays on people whose minds want to have power and they obviously do not have the Father's heart. So That's what uh, propaganda is designed to do. And let us take a moment to look at some of the things that we can do to change our perceptions. The first way to change perceptions of whatever the thoughts that are coming before us, the scripture gives us a reference for that. Take every thought captive to the obedience of the word or to Christ, uh, which that reference there can be interchangeable with the word. So what's the thought behind the thought? Why do they, why is the government using mandates to force people to take a vaccine? Why is that force coming there? Why are the mandates to wear masks, the social distance and the lockdowns? Where all is that coming from? That the propaganda behind all of that is designed to cause us to be afraid. The fear of death, of a flu, Basically, it's a, a coronavirus and they haven't even found what COVID-19 actually is, but it's a form of, it is real, it is real, but they've way out of proportion uh, the the death rate on um, uh, COVID, which is a some form of influenza A or B. It is a virus for sure. It does make us sick for sure, but it doesn't kill us. If you have comorbidities, you've got some much higher degree at risk, but the kids, the children are not at risk of dying. 99.99% of children are not gonna die of COVID. In fact, if they catch COVID, they're much better off catching it and developing the antibodies for it. But we're not really told that. We are told that we're supposed to get this vaccine. And then they come out after that and tell us what the vaccine doesn't protect us. Anyway, and then they went 75 years Uh, The pharmaceutical companies are requesting from the FDA not to reveal the contents for 75 years. That is darkness. And where is that coming from? It's obviously coming from the evil one. So um, I wanted to discuss how we can change our own perceptions, because this is something that's very, very important to learn how to do this. I heard a story once about a prisoner who was being tortured. Day after day, his tormentors came and they tortured him. And they tortured the bejesus out of him. They just tortured this guy. He screamed bloody murder every day. And then one night, he was thinking and praying to God and asking God for help. And God showed him something. And this changed his perception. And and this is something that uh, affected him the next day. The Lord showed him that... um, he realized that the torturers could control his body and they could cause pain to him through his body. But the one thing that they couldn't control was his response to the torture. He still had control over his response. And that control over the response was freedom. So the next day, when the tormentors came in, and uh, began to torment him, torture him. He began to laugh, and he laughed at his torturers. And the torturers stopped torturing him and said, what's going on with this guy? Why is he, he's like crazy. He's he's laughing. He's laughing at at what we're doing to him. What happened to the guy who was in here? You know, the same guy was in here last couple of weeks, last couple of months, we tortured him every day, he screamed every day, and now he's not screaming. And he started laughing because he realized he was free to choose how he was going to respond. And he made a free will choice. He decided to laugh and it broke the torturers and they never tortured him again. That's a true story. And that shows you a change in how a change in perception can change your life. Now I'll tell you another story. Um, When we're confronted with um, people who are dying um, and I've had three people that I, two people, three people got COVID and uh, two people got COVID. One person uh, had a a cardiac arrest and flatline for 12 minutes. And in two of the three people, there was COVID generated and they both people who had COVID generated situations. Had comorbidities. They would not take remdesivir with their own choice. Um, but they ended up, we ended up praying for them and they ended up, God ended up taking them home. But the third one was a man, uh, all these people were in their late 60s. I think a woman was in uh, a latter 70s, almost 80 years old, and she passed away. Her name was Pat. And uh, the second one was my good friend Dave and dave henderson had a lot of comorbidities uh, he was overweight he was uh, diabetic he had uh, distraught kidneys um and a uh, beautiful mind by the way unbelievable mind um yet he didn't take good care of his body most of his life and um being a, a diabetic and uh, sugar intake and so forth and uh He catches the COVID and the COVID triggered pneumonia, double pneumonia. And uh, long story short, he ended up contracting MRSA, of all things. So he had four or five things that are real serious going on in the hospital. And uh, his body just began to break down and they incubated him and he passed away within 24 hours. Um, When we pray for something like that, when we pray for somebody on the verge of death, And God decides to take them home. Why is it that we feel that we lost? Why do we feel, and that's the feeling that, you know, our prayers were not answered, or they certainly weren't answered according to our expectations. But what if God had a conversation with Dave, which actually I saw, and this was revealed to us through other people as well, that it was uh, this conversation did happen. And he talked to Dave about whether he wanted to come back on the earth or to stay in heaven or to leave the earth and go to heaven, I should say. And Dave made the choice. He chose to go to heaven. And why do we look at that as being uh, as believers on the earth that we're defeated? God didn't answer our prayer. When the truth is he did answer our prayer, and he would not override Dave's free will to choose to go to heaven. God's honoring his free will to take him to heaven. And that's what we should be aware of when we pray for him. The other gentleman uh, named Otis, uh, Otis is about 68 years old, I think. And uh, he had had a stroke two years ago. And he has had various heart conditions. And uh, he was working out one day and he entered into cardiac arrest. And he flatlined for 12 minutes. They got him to the hospital, got him on an ECMO machine, which... I understand uh, circumvents the heart and circumvents the lungs. And he stayed on it for four or five days. And during that period of time, when we were praying for him, a word from the Lord came forth and said, resurrection power. That was it. Actually, two words, resurrection power. And now he's sitting up in bed. He's off the ECMO machine. And he's now talking. And we were concerned about uh, the amount of brain damage. But it appears that... Uh, He's free of it. It's it's an amazing story. And I think the importance of bringing up those stories is what's our perception, which is what we're talking about today, perception about those events. And those are perceptions that are not being influenced by propaganda or somebody else saying something about them. They're direct primary information that we're receiving even in our spirits or from people who are relating the truth to us. Without an agenda, so when we see about these things, we see how we how much we can be influenced by uh, words that are spoken to us. This is what uh, Edward Bernays realized when he was um, executed; became the father of propaganda. That words and visual images can be used to cause us to be afraid and. Because out of that fear, he can direct us to take action by controlling us to do things that he or the people who he's using the propaganda for want us to do. We see that in our government today. And yet, at the same time, here's the opposite we have. Uh, if Those of you who realize what's happening in Canada with the truckers, it's a freedom convoy. And they're objecting to the vaccine mandates of the Canadian government. And it's, uh, it appears to be uh, traveling all around the world. So they're not listening to the propaganda. They're fed up with the propaganda. And they decided to change their perceptions. I had a, um, a friend of mine uh, send me a picture. Uh, it's a double picture. Uh, at the top of the picture was a picture of sheep wearing masks. And it says, this is what the church is. And then, and below it, it showed lions walking around, in a, a whole tribe of lions walking around without mask. And I said, "This is what the church should be." And I said, "Yeah, that's a very good graphical picture, or a good picture, not graphical, a picture of what uh, is the truth." If the people, the person who sent it to me was wearing the mask, and I said, "Well, you sent me a very good picture. You want to be like the lion who's not wearing the mask? Why are you wearing the mask?" He says, out of respect. So I thought to myself, out of respect for what? Out of respect for the truth? Maybe you could open your mouth and not say things. There are other scriptures that the Lord brought to my mind that I wanted to bring up to you, and that was that um, Hosea 4, 6. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will reject you from being the priest for me because you have forgotten the law of your God. I will forget knowledge. Your children. That's pretty pretty uh, strong there. And that knowledge, by the way, uh, and that word as I understand it is revelatory knowledge. So we are given opportunities to listen to prophetic people and we're, those prophetic people are being given words to speak to the church and that's revelatory knowledge and that revelatory knowledge will overcome and surpass the propaganda that would be given by the media. But we I pray that the, the eyes and the ears of your spirits will open up to the revelatory knowledge that God wants to give you, God your Father, because He does not want you to fear. If any thought comes into your onto your radar screen, that the thought behind the thought is fear, and it does come every day through propaganda, that you need to stop back and reject those thoughts. Um, another point that was uh, coming to me was this idea of how we diff- we perceive things differently, and I remembered the story of um, Joseph in the scripture. And the story of Joseph, as most of us know, was uh, he was dreamer, and he got dreams that were exposing um, or actually prophesying to him what he would be like in his life, where he would be in uh, a position over his brothers and even over his mother and father. And uh, neither his mother and father nor his brother really liked that idea very much, um, (laughs) as you could well imagine. And... uh, Yet their perceptions were influenced by um, this was Joseph being prideful by saying this about himself. Yet it was in God's plan it wasn't prideful at all. It was something that was designed for their good and their well-being. And we realized that good was going to come out of it. Yet they didn't see that um, happening. So at the end, when Um, Joseph freed up his brothers when he was in Egypt. He said this interesting statement to his brothers. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face, meaning Joseph's face, and they said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, Do not be afraid. Get the point? There it is again. Do not be afraid. For am I in the place of God? But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones and he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. So I want to share this with you as a thought the Lord put on my heart. Uh, about six weeks ago in the um, early January um I, um, maybe yeah early January, no, no, so it was actually even as early as December, right before Christmas, uh, I came down with COVID for three days and I was praying about it. And the Lord served me, said, uh, do not be afraid, it's not going to kill you. I knew that was going to be inside him before the prayer, but he reminded me that what the enemy meant for good in this very scripture here, He showed me this very scripture. What the enemy meant for good, I will use. I'm sorry. What the enemy meant for evil, I will use for good. This is my father speaking this to me. And so he said, I will build the antibodies up in you. You will not have this very long. And the antibodies in your immune system will be used not only to fend off COVID in the future, but other things even stronger than COVID, you will be protected against. So that very scripture, but as for you, you meant evil, but God meant it for good. And that's my experience with COVID. The evil one meant it for evil. It was not gonna kill me. I'm not gonna buy into that lie. And even that it was dangerous, wasn't dangerous to me. It was only gonna be temporary. Three days, that's all it took. And now I have the antibodies against it. I do not like to wear masks. I occasionally will wear them if being pushed into it, but 99% of the time I'm not wearing a mask. I'm not socially distancing. I'm not locking down. And I am absolutely not going to take the jab because I do not believe it is, uh, for my good. I believe there's evil in the taking of it. I believe that, uh, the things that I've researched, which is not for the time now, but, uh, to share with you, the, certainly the fact that there's graphene oxide in it and there is toxins in it, but more importantly, um, the spike proteins, the mRNA, which the founder of the discoverer of mRNA, the spike proteins, tells people not to take it. And yet here we are being mandated and forced, which is also against my grain. by the way. My middle name is Francis, Thomas Francis Clark. Francis means freedom. And you don't tell somebody who wants freedom that you're going to control them and try to force them to do something. It doesn't doesn't work well with me. Anyway, that's uh, what I would like to share with my audience today. Uh, I pray that you'll be blessed. I'll pray that you uh, will not uh, have fear. So fear not, because those are the words of God, our Father, for for you and for me. Uh, They're in his word and that he wants us to trust him and believe in him, and that he's a good, good father, absolutely good. And he has a plan to prosper us. And this is in his word. And the enemy, though the enemy will try to steal, kill, and destroy, not only our bodies, but also our callings and destinies, God is going to override that. Just open your hearts up to the Father. By the way, if you want to listen to my free book on how to talk to God as dad, uh, you can come to my website, thefathersheartmedia.com. Uh, my second book, uh, just uh, the ebook version, is available. And this week, the uh, second book on hardback will be arriving in our uh, warehouse here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, what else can I share with you? Oh, but here's the most important thing I want to leave with you with Fear interferes the lines of communication between God, our Father, and us as his children. If you allow a fear thought to come into your mind in any way, shape, or form. You know, I talk to men all the time. I said, are you afraid of this? Every man I ever talked to, when I use the word fear. Go, I'm not afraid of anything. Then I changed the word to anxiety or worry. Are you worried about anything? And they're worried about all sorts of things. They're anxious about all sorts of things. They'll admit to worry. They'll admit to anxiety, but they will not admit to fear. And yet worry, anxiety, and fear are all part of the same package. Even greed is a form of fear. It's a fear of not having enough. Well, let's step back for a second. The main point I would want to make is do not be afraid. If you have fear, you can't uh, hear from God. Everybody, wants that I know, who's a believer, wants to hear from God the Father. Well, get fear out of your life. Get it out of your mind. Walk in your spirit first. The scripture tells us again: uh, walk by faith, not by sight. That faith could be inter- that word. Faith could be interchangeable with relationship. Walk out of your relationship with God, your Father, which is a love relationship. Fear can't exist in that. It's like matter and antimatter. You can't have fear and hear from God. Take the fear out, and you'll be able to hear. Fear goes through love. It can't interact with you. So you either accept fear in your life, or you receive the love in your life. You receive the love of the Father. The lines of communication are wide open and ready to talk to you. And you don't have to be a prophet to listen to God. Every believer can hear from God the Father. And you can actually prophesy and hear prophets. Without being in the office of prophet, you can hear everything that God wants you to hear. And he wants to talk to you and he wants you to listen. And he wants you to believe him. And he wants you so desperately to trust him. Because in believing God and trusting him, you'll have life and life more abundantly. That's why Yeshua came. That's why one of the main reasons he came was to restore to us that relationship and that connection and give us life abundantly and our having life abundantly is dramatically affected by our perception of reality. And propaganda is used to warp our perception of reality as designed in the form of evil. because propaganda itself is not necessarily bad as far as information is concerned. However, its current use in the tools of the hands of the enemy is being used to create fear, to warp our perception. And in warping our perception, we receive fear thoughts, worry, anxiety, and fear thoughts. And while those are present in our minds, they're interfering with our father, father-son father relationship, father-daughter relationship. It's interfering with the children talking to the father. So remember our mission statement, Malachi 4.6 bringing the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Today's is about bringing the heart of the Father, our Father, to the children and the hearts of children who are listening to this podcast back to God, dear Father. Be blessed today and come, share with, come to our website and take, receive the blessings of what we have to offer you and give to you this day.